There we go. Said what I said. I said what I said. What did you say? I don't know what you're talking about. Said facts. All facts. What facts are you talking about? What's going on? I want to, I want to, I'm dying to sort of recreate some television today. Oh, you want to fight? Like, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to. Can we can we do that? Let's, what are no, we going to argue about? Can't. What are we, we going to argue cannot. about? Can... I refuse to argue with my brother David Dennis. Grand Rising to you, <laughs> <laughs> brother Dennis. Grand Grand Rising King, uh, <laughs> Nubian Nubian King. <laughs> oh, debatable all Hotep edition has just begun. Alabaster, right on time. <laughs> what you got? That's, that's the sound oh, I... of thousands of windows closing at one time. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, if you wanted to recreate that viral debate, uh, Daniel just Daniel Jones just signed for four years, one hundred and sixty million, and Lamar got the non-exclusive fan- franchise tag. And that's the interesting part of the story. How do you expect things to play out for Lamar Jackson from here? Okay, so Lamar got the non-exclusive franchise tag. That matters because exclusive franchise tag means you can't do anything. Non-exclusive means that um, another team can make an offer and the team that tagged you has an opportunity to match that offer. So I'm shocked, honestly, that the Ravens put him on a non-exclusive tag. I'm honestly shocked that he hasn't gotten a contract up until this point. I know the fully guarantee has been the holdup, but it kind of feels like he deserves it. So the next step is we wait. And starting, I think, March 15th, uh, teams can start to give Lamar offers. And if they... Lamar agrees to the offer, then the Ravens have a chance to match it. For that, the Ravens would then receive uh, two draft picks. So we're off and running. This feels NBA-ish. This offseason with all these players moving, Aaron Rodgers forcing his way out or having his way forced out of Green Bay, and Lamar Jackson right now seeming like he is going to leave Baltimore, right? You know, just what this story really needed was like more weeks of talking about this. Like we, I, I don't, I don't understand how this didn't happen a year and a half ago, and yet here we are. Like this does feel like two people in a relationship, and nobody wants to be the first one to say goodbye. And I don't understand. Like if the contract was going to happen, it feels like it would have happened a long time ago. Like this is yeah, getting to I mean, the point where it's think- feeling sort of insulting. Yeah, you're right. If it was going to happen, it happened a long time ago. But I think that one thing, the Ravens a year and a half ago, you're right. They should have done it before Deshaun Watson signed his deal. Because that's mm-hmm. what's really complicated this issue is now Lamar's seen this fully guaranteed contract and he's right to to kind of demand it. And the Ravens don't want to kind of set that precedent within their own team that they're giving out fully guaranteed contracts because they think that's a bridge that they cannot return from. They'll be in a bad situation for future negotiations. But you would have assumed at some point one side would have given in. But it's not. it doesn't seem like it's going to be Lamar Jackson because there's only one him. There's 31 right. other football teams. <laughs> and uh, finding another Lamar Jackson is going to be a lot harder than Lamar Jackson finding somebody that wants to pay him guaranteed money to go win an MVP and maybe a Super Bowl for them because that's what he brings along with you. He bring, or brings along with him. He brings a chance at a championship. Yeah, it seems like the people who would have given in would be the people who are desperate for the 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 person that is could walk away. Like the Ravens, like what is the what do the Ravens have without Lamar Jackson? Like what why are we even like I don't care. There's really no price tag that you could put on Lamar Jackson at this point when your whole offense is built around him and we saw what they look like without him. And pardon me for pulling out the tiniest violin for all of these NFL teams who are like, oh, Deshaun Watson set the market in an unrealistic way. I'm sorry. 
there is a world in which Deshaun Watson is not in the league to have an unrealistic marketplace set for him. And none of these owners did anything about it. And so here we are where they're trying to reset things in a way that makes sense for them when every large contract in the history of the NFL has set the market and they want this one contract to not do that. And Lamar Jackson is very within his right to get what he wants. And the Ravens are negotiating with nothing. Well, the contract didn't actually do it because a lot of other quarterbacks did not have the like um, fortitude that Lamar Jackson had and or they didn't care nearly as much about it as he did. And they took smaller contracts. And that's what the Ravens are pointing to, like uh, Kyler Murray, as an example. Maybe you should do something like that. And Lamar Jackson's like, no, I'm not Kyler Murray. I'm better than that. And I expect more. So the interesting question for me is not only where he ends up, I think. A lot of people think the Falcons, I think Diana Rossini is saying that the Falcons are out of the race, but it's not only where he ends up, it's that if he goes somewhere at all, because that opens up a whole nother bag that we have to discuss. One of two things is like, is it him not having an agent? Is that impacting it? Or the other thing that I think is probably more likely is some sort of collusion or something close to it, because I think the owners were very upset. And maybe, I I guess technically it wouldn't be collusion if they did not coordinate and talk about it. But I think owners are going to be hesitant to step out there and give him this contract because they don't want to be treated the way that Jimmy Haslam, or at least be talked about the way that Jimmy Haslam was talked about after he gave Deshaun Watson that fully guaranteed contract. But they all want to win and they're all competitive. So I I think when it comes down to it, someone's going to call Lamar Jackson, whether he has an agent or not. You don't need an agent when you're not looking to negotiate. And that's like one of the things I push back on people who say Lamar is hurting himself by having an agent. You don't need an agent. If you say this is what I want, I'm not signing until I get this. There's no negotiation. (laughs) It's a simple conversation. Yes or no. Can you print these numbers on a piece of paper for me to sign? Yes. Thank you. No, I'm going home. I'm glad you said the C word first because it was on the tip of my tongue. This feels like a reset like uh it feels like it's possible that there could be like a, a collaborative resetting of a market of like you know there we're going to go. make sure that this guy uh who wants the deshaun watson contract like this is going to be the new deshaun watson contract and we may all agree agree that that's what it's going to be but i would not say that of course i'm a responsible journalist i wouldn't say those words like that or or accuse anybody of doing those things but it feels like there's a possibility of that sort of thing because far be it from the nfl to ever take part in any sort of collusion um in in the past so the falcons thing is also the the falcons thing is also kind of interesting like you you know you went you wanted deshaun watson more than anything but you don't want lamar jackson like i'm not totally sure why they're out of the picture um yeah this is all everybody's yeah i mean i think strange the the argument for them being out of the picture is you don't want to give up the compensation needed to get him i mean deshaun watson you you had to give up compensation to get him too, but it's not nearly as high as I think, what are we looking at? Two first round picks Two first rounders for, yeah. for, for this one. And so that, I guess that could be an argument against it. Um, not wanting to upset whatever quarterbacks you have. Cause they did just get a rookie last year who I don't think they believe in um, and Desmond Ritter. Right. Uh, so they, they haven't answered a quarterback question. I do think Lamar with Arthur Smith down there, given the success that he's had in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, who is a similar quarterback to Lamar Jackson, and given the success that Lamar Jackson has had with tight ends in his career, putting him with Kyle Pitts, it's an exciting opportunity. And also the obvious one, putting Lamar's black 
in black Atlanta. Oh, it sounds, I mean, it feels just right. It just, it feels right. They need to do it because in black Baltimore, he's not going to stay there anymore. It seems like he needs to find another black city to play in. There's so much there's, you know, I feel like the city of Atlanta has so much like unfinished business with celebrating a black quarterback. Like yeah. the city was like right on the precipice of like having the blackest quarterback celebration of all time. And it was robbed. It was robbed of everybody. And you could not do that. And everybody's just gearing up. Just got to pull the same, you know, pull some some of the grills out the out the garage, you know, get the turkey legs that have been in the freezer for 15 years, 20 years. And just let's go party. Let's let's bring let's bring them down to Atlanta. Well, I mean, I'm in Washington, which is known as as Chocolate City, which I'm not sure how chocolatey it is anymore. This would be another great place because they need something positive around here, something to be excited about. Uh, and it probably would boost the value of the franchise just before uh, Dan Snyder sells it. But I don't think they are in the market for that. However, it would be nice to see Lamar with Eric Bieniemy and reunite um, Riverboat Ron with a dynamic athlete at quarterback. His most successful seasons were in Carolina with Cam Newton. There's lots of reasons. I mean, I, there, if you don't have a starting quarterback, you need to call Lamar and sign him or send him an offer sheet and see what's happening. Like, if you don't have a guy that you believe in, I think all the teams should, including the Jets, even though it seems like they are pretty much uh, heading for a marriage with Aaron Rodgers, which who knows? Well, this this oh, uh, Alabaster, I'll let you go. Oh no, no, you go, you go. Okay, well, this, yeah, this, feel, this I, feels relevant. Like, okay, that's that's good to know. This is a uniquely <laughs> NFL story to me. Like this feels yeah. like a uniquely NFL thing. Like if any NBA or baseball player of the caliber of Lamar Jackson ever came close to hitting the free, like. Everybody would be falling over themselves. Draft picks would not matter. The future of your franchise would not matter at all to get, you know, to get a guy like him. But the NFL is so in this other thing of like unwritten rules and what owners yeah. think and contracts, stuff like that, that we're in these debates and this back and forth stuff that ne never makes any sense. You have a guy who could win you a Super Bowl, which right. is rare that you have a one person Super Bowl potential available to the market and everybody is is using all of these arguments instead of the obvious thing go get the damn guy and sign him to your team like what are we doing here yeah i mean i think that there i would be nervous if i was lamar about going anywhere because i think because of his talent there are coaches and coordinators who will have a hard time maximizing his talent you mm -hmm. some people could argue that he's been in a place where the coach has not been able to fully maximize his talent or develop an offense that was more dynamic because he's shown the ability to do a lot of different things. But the one thing that he does the very best and that no one else in football can really do is I guess maybe Justin Fields is coming close to it, but no one does it the way Lamar did it that MVP year. And he's still um, presumably physically able to do that stuff. That's the best thing that he does, and they fall back on that a lot. So as much as Lamar may want to get a fully guaranteed contract, I think he has to be conscious or of where he takes his talents and who he marries him up with because, as we know, while players on the field, it feels closer to a meritocracy, the guys upstairs, it's not a meritocracy when it comes to coaching positions in football. So just because the guy's called offensive coordinator doesn't mean that he's capable of coordinating any offense. And Lamar – it's a unique offense. You did say conscious. I, I respect that, my conscious brother. I overstand you. <laughs> All right. I think we got that one. Check. And now on to your favorite quarterback.
That's your master. Um, do you think it's more likely that Aaron Rodgers is a Jet or a Packer next season? Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers went on his darkness retreat, told us we was going to have some answers when he came out. He came out when he had no answers. Uh, his time in Green Bay, has, it kind of feels like both sides are ready to part ways. So I think the answer to your question is the Jets. Like, I kind of expect him to go to the Jets. Once you start allowing your future Hall of Fame franchise quarterback to talk, to other teams, which is what the Packers reportedly the Packers have done is they're allowing him to talk. And I think the last thing I read was Woody Johnson and a lot of uh, the big wigs for the Jets got on a private jet to go to California and holla at Aaron Rodgers. He could have gone like to me. I don't know how you come back home after that. You can't be out here converting with other people and think that you could just come on back. So my answer is the Jets. You got anything different? Let me uh, let me wait. Let me start this. <clears throat> Darkness retreat, and here I thought that's what the NFL called his coaching his head coaching hiring process. <laughs> oh well, man, I like that. I like you delivered oh, it man. too. <laughs> put me on, put me on your show, Bomani. I could write jokes too. Come on, buddy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, this guy's gonna be a jet. I mean, like, for, like this is another bad relationship that needs to have ended a long time ago. Feels like he's held the Packers hostage for like four years, and you know the Jets are a team that feels a quarterback away. Like even a diminished quote unquote, Aaron Rodgers, who had his maybe his worst season ever last season, still good enough. I think to take a team like that further than they, you know, than any other options, obviously there's the Lamar Jackson of it all, maybe ending up there. But I think if you got, if you get Aaron Rodgers and you're on the team and you have a team that's on the precipice, just get the guy and, and, and try to make it work. Yeah, I think the Jets, because of the card that Alabaster is just putting up, the Jets is one of the locations that's good for Aaron Rodgers. So Rodgers is under contract through 2024 for over $100 million, which is not all guaranteed, but I think it's 60, nearly 60 of this upcoming season. But because the Jets have done such a good job in the recent draft, they got a lot of guys for a few years that are going to be playing above their heads, like all pro-level guys on uh, rookie contracts. It reminds me a little bit of uh, the the Broncos that won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. As they mm-hmm. pay Peyton Manning a bunch of money, they lost in the Super Bowl, and then they won the Super Bowl when Peyton Manning was atrocious. But they had <laughs> Von Miller on the other side, who was a future Hall of Famer, playing Hall of Fame-level football at rookie dollars, which allows you to fill in around him. I think we talk about how having a quarterback on a rookie deal is the best way to win a championship. Yeah, but having anybody who's incredibly impactful on a rookie deal is a great way to win a championship. You see in Dallas, that defense is outstanding in part because they got a couple really impactful players in Diggs uh, and um, what's the terrifying guy's name? Michael Parsons. There we go. And mm-hmm. rookie deals that are very impactful. So the same thing is true for the Jets, from the receivers to the cornerbacks to the running backs. They got young guys that tackle. They got young guys who ain't taking up much of the cap. You add Aaron Rodgers to that, he doesn't have to go back to MVP level Aaron Rodgers. But I still think he's capable of that. Like, I think last year's uh, kind of rough season was in part because of injuries and some young receivers. I don't think he just completely fell off a cliff after two MVP seasons. Yeah, I think there's – I think, you know, the Peyton Manning uh, comparison is apt. I think the Tom Brady is also to the point of, like, you've seen the blueprint. You have former MVPs, and even last year – 
Aaron Rodgers gutted out two or three of those wins just by being Aaron Rodgers, you know, and like that's the difference between a nine and a 12 win team. And that's the difference between, you know, a, a division uh, round and a conference championship round. Like you just go in the playoffs, you give me one one or two great, great Aaron Rodgers vintage games where you get us a win. We can win the Super Bowl with that. And that's really what you're paying for. You're paying for those four or five wins on a, on a regular season and plus playoffs where you can, you know, take us to the Super Bowl and let us let everybody else handle the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, when, when you get into the playoffs, particularly in this AFC, like you can imagine a team like sneaking past an all time great quarterback, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to sneak past three in right. the AFC. So it's going to be really hard. You're going to need somebody to step up. And to the point that I was making earlier, you need somebody to kind of overcome the coaching. And if it's going to be a defensive end or a rush in, it's going to be a lot harder for that to happen. But if your quarterback can overcome coaching or overcome the situation or lead you on a miraculous comeback one time in the playoffs, that might be the difference. When you go back and look at anybody's Super Bowl run, there are always plays in there or situations or games that like could have slipped through your fingers, but one Mm -hmm. great player had a great game. And when you're going up against Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow or Burrow and also maybe Lamar, depending on what happens with him and the Ravens. Like there are no weeks off. You're not going to be able to grit your way through the playoffs. At some point, your quarterback's going to have to black out and, and put the team on his back. What's up, Alabaster? I uh, just want to note that Aaron Rodgers has two playoff wins in the last six years. Um, yeah. Do you guys really have faith that he's <laughs> he's that dude? Yeah. I mean, that's fair criticism, but he does have also two MVPs in the past two years. So like I, and he does have a Super Bowl win. I don't know. I, I think it's fair to be critical of Aaron Rodgers' performance in some of these big games, uh, especially I think the 49ers was the one a couple years ago mm-hmm. that was really – I think he put up like 10, 13. 10 maybe, yeah. Yeah, points. It's like I understand the 49ers D was good, but they ain't that good. You at home? And so, yeah, it's fair to be critical of him. But I guess this is always the tough thing is what's your alternative? mm What's your alternative? Like, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers and cross my fingers and hope that he gets over whatever playoff dramas he's had in recent years than be out here trying to, like, I don't know, wait for the Titans to cut Ryan Tannehill and then banking on him. Like, that's not the same as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the alternative is what Garoppolo. And I feel like, you know, you're you're in the same position as you were before if you have Garoppolo. You're you're totally relying on the defense and those position players. Aaron Rodgers is going to win you more games than Garoppolo will easily well there's another option if Aaron Rodgers is at 59 million why not just poison pill the contract for Lamar Jackson and try and get him and it's like if the Ravens match it they're gonna have to pay something crazy or you can have that guy with this team in this defense yeah I mean I think that's smart too Uh, it'll be I don't know what the compensation for Aaron Rodgers is but you would assume that it's at least two first round picks so uh, I think that's probably maybe even a better idea to bring Lamar up there uh, over Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, either is better than what they're currently looking at. So go for it. I think the having Lamar out there might help from a negotiation standpoint or having Aaron out there, uh, like just having options, I think helps the Jets because it didn't seem like they had any before this. And and these, these windows are important. Like you look at the Jaguars a few years ago, uh, going deep in the playoffs with no quarterback. And it's like just a decent quarterback would have made the world a difference. And that and now that window is sort of closed and you're rebuilding from scratch. Like the that's Jets, 
That's a perfect example. The the Jags are a perfect example because that game they lost to the Patriots, they actually outplayed the Patriots in that game. They should have won. But if they had a quarterback that they could trust, they might have taken a few more chances and really blown out the Patriots in a way that they probably deserved to in that game. It was close because they were trying to hide Blake Bortles all game. Hey, Nathaniel Hackett, good friends with Blake Bortles. You never know. He could be the guy in New York. Uh, Netta Hex. Netta Hex. Um, let's pivot to some NBA. Is the Celtics slump, they've lost four or five, a real cause for concern or just some regular season malaise? All right. So the Celtics lost four or five, as you mentioned, two to the Knicks, one to the Nets, and one to the Cavs. Like, I, I guess it depends on how like how you're framing this question. Like, I don't think that they're in trouble as far as this team is concerned. Like they're still number two in the East and midseason malaise is fine. Their last loss, like Jalen or yeah, um, Jason Tatum didn't even play in that game. So no, I don't think this team is in trouble, but if you're looking at a championship team, I don't care about these four to the last five, but I do think they're in trouble because they got to mess with Giannis and they got to mess with Embiid. And Robert Williams ain't never been healthy a day in his life. Like from his knee to hamstring, he's only played 28 games this year. And as good as the Celtics are on defense with or without him, you're going to need somebody to match up. You're going to need somebody to match up with Giannis from time to time and somebody to match up with Embiid from time to time. You can't team defense your way out of Giannis Antetokounmpo. So that, yeah, as far as championships concerned, I don't think uh, Mike Muscala and Luke Cornett are going to get the job done uh, against Giannis. But as far as this team is concerned, just regular concern, I, I mean, Tatum will get, will get healthy and they'll win a bunch more games. It was in New York. It's fun. They probably had a good time. I'm not worried about these last five games. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I am kind of worried that you know that the offense has sort of fallen off a cliff in the since December first. That uh, you know, Robert Williams just uh, I, I, they've only played like 80 minutes together as that that starting lineup. I have no faith that he's going to be healthy. What this looks like to me is a team that's a little tired. You know, like they had an incredible run yeah, starting right. last December. Whatever they started their run, I think December first, December fifteenth, or whatever they you know catapulted to the to the top seed and had a deep playoff run and then they you know had the Ime Udoka thing which was an emotional you know sort of issue that caused yes. problems with them and then they came back you know like fire at the beginning of the season and they're started off this calendar year looking kind of you know looking a little tired like the, the amount of threes that they're taking is kind of alarming they've been setting a record for how many threes are taken which indicates to me that there's a little bit of fatigue in terms of driving to the basket yeah. that game against the Nets Blowing a 28-point lead the way they blew it, like there's a lack of focus going on, and they have another deep playoff run ahead of them where they are going to have to play a Giannis, and they're going to have to play probably in B, like probably both of them to get to the finals. And then when you get there, there's going to be whoever, you know, in the West is waiting for you. This just seems like a long road that is kind of wearing this team down, and, you know, I'm getting, it's a concern. Yeah. You said a bunch of things that I think are interesting, like mentioning the Ime Udoka thing, like the scandal that he was involved in not only took an emotional toll on his team, it also took their coach away. Then they brought in Joe Mazzula as their head coach. I think there's been fair criticism of what he's done so far this season, and he's a young coach. And so we'll see. That's You can't expect him to be up to 
the level of a veteran coach when he gets into playoffs. But this um, card that you just put up right here is kind of embarrassing, and it also could speak to the fatigue point that the Celtics led by a combined 57 points in their last three games, and they lost all of those games, none more painful than the most recent one to the Cavs, where I think we got the tape. I don't even got to explain it to you. You can enjoy this sadness of Grant Williams right now. So this is where Grant Williams told Donovan Mitchell, I'm going to make both. Uh, Grant Williams was fouled just before <laughs> the end of the game. And he missed the first one, but that's all right. It's it's only, okay. Yeah, it's, it's only okay. point, point 0.8 seconds left. He's got to hit the second one. one. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I guess it's, it's commendable that they could take the Cavs to overtime without Jason Tatum mm -hmm. and Jalen Brown was making some pretty – like, I, I never – I didn't realize how good his footwork – is or how good it has gotten like he still can't drive but he had some kobe level footwork shots in there which was impressive but what it comes down to is they solved one of their big problems to me from last season by bringing in malcolm brogdon was right. they were looking for jason tatum or jalen brown to handle the ball in clutch situations more than they needed to they solved that problem but the other problem is time lord being healthy uh, you can't solve that problem they can't find a center because these other dudes they ain't it they can hold uh, things together while he's not out there, but he's going to have to log consecutive games of major minutes if they're going to get deep in the finals or deep in the playoffs this year. And I have no reason to believe that he's capable of doing that. Yeah, another thing Joe Mazzulla has to figure out is this, this point guard situation. I mean, uh, Brogdon seems like a better clutch you know, guy closing out the, these games, but Smart's got to play defensively. And this is, a, this is a tough lineup thing for a first-time coach to figure out, especially if you're talking yeah. about benching the defensive player of the year and, you know, making those tough decisions. Like we saw in the, in the finals last year, Kerr had to figure out, you know, he benched Draymond in pivotal moments. That's like a thing that takes, you know, veteran and trust and all that stuff. And, you know, you're a first time coach. These, this is what it's all about. And not, just, like, these are the decisions that will determine if you win a series or not. And you got to just make them. I got the solution for you. No uh -huh. Brogdon or smart. Go with Pritchard. Let's go Peyton Pritchard to close out the games, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. A little gym, little gym ratiness. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I think I think his sneaky athleticism will really throw oh, off the defense. Gosh. Oh man. All right. I have to need to tank on all my Celtics takes for a long time. Also, can we show a picture of White White? Do we have White White? I miss White White. Where is he at? Bring back White White. We'll add White White, white in post. White, um, white 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 is somebody who definitely does not say Grand Rising in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he's a big good morrow guy. Yeah. <laughs> good, good morrow. Um, I got a couple one of the chances for you. First Early one, bird gets the worm. I know I imagine him saying that all the time. And I hope you too are having a wonderful morning. <laughs> wakey, wakey, oh, eggs and bacon. First thing in the morning. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Uh, all right. Speaking of corny dad sayings. Um, got a tweet for you guys here, and it goes to this one well of the done. chances. What are the chances LeBron is a good talent evaluator? And here is the tweet. Uh, yep. So LeBron was watching basketball last night, and he said, man, Bronny definitely better than some of these cats I've been watching on League Pass today. Bleep, lightweight, hilarious. Ha, 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 ha. Laffy face. So first of all, three is the max. Three is the max emojis. Like, I, I thought that I made this clear last year on Debatable. If you're trying to be emphatic with something, 
You go three emojis. Anything more than that, if you're trying to do repeat emojis, three is the tops. LeBron's talent evaluation, I think his track record, uh, I guess he's responsible for building teams that won four championships, but I'm not sure that it's because his talent evaluation is all that great or because his talent is really great. Uh, and he's just looking out for his son here, which I don't think is helping his son, but whatever. Yeah, I'm going to go with the percentage of the emojis. Three, three percent. <laughs> We're going to do that. Three percent of emojis. Three percent of emojis is LeBron's. <laughs> you remember when he told the uh, who did he tell the Heat to draft all those years ago? Oh yeah, uh, it was a guard in college. that was balling. Shabazz Napier. So, yeah, Shabazz Napier. He said yeah. almost the exact same tweet out. It was like. Miami better get your best Napier. He's a dog. And they went and, and got he him. left. <laughs> he left. Yeah, I'll give. I will give um fifty percent because LeBron thinks he's good. So that's a good job. He evaluated that talent. He did. Um, his son, on the other hand, like I, I can't be. I don't know how good his son is. Like I just like everyone else, I'm not watching a lot of high school basketball, just listening, and it feels like he's not as good as. Uh, or he's not on like NBA level track right now. Like he's going to have to go somewhere and develop some more skill from what I understand. But I guess when your dad's LeBron James, you go ahead and get that uh, Nepo love, which I am in favor of. Good for LeBron. Get your man a Nepo spot on the roster. I'm all for it. If, if Nathaniel Hackett can get a coaching job, then LeBron James' son could be in the NBA. I think, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think I want to know what game he was watching. Like what exact game was he watching? what time him. was it that's a good question yeah, and also wanted... what was what was he sipping on is this a wine night because i feel like lebron is not tweeting that out sober like i'm just i'm just guessing he knows what he's doing or maybe it's intentional i don't i guess i don't know what there is to gain by doing this all you right. do is like bring more scrutiny on your son it's not like it's actually gonna help him but you just have people like Dom you just make people like dominique come on the show and say your son's not good enough to be in the nba and that's just kind of like counter kind of productive i mean, I mean to today i don't think that he anybody <laughs> would think he was but at some point he will be He's good yeah i think i think he i think there's a shot and you know if he does a year in, in college to be fair yeah. i don't know i haven't watched him play and i'm also not a talent evaluator i'm basing on what other people are saying so i assume alabaster has done the research and can tell us what game he was watching so it's a it's a juicy little nugget he tweeted at 11.45 p.m. Eastern, oh. maybe right after the double overtime Celtics loss. Yep. Could have been a – Bronny would have hit those free throws. Yeah. That's or maybe was he like. was saying – maybe he was saying, hey, Cleveland. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Cleveland. Cle Cleveland. Get my son. Yeah, I'm yeah. coming back. We, Cleveland, need, we, did it for, we did it for you, Cleveland. They, they got Garland. They got Mitchell. They don't need him out there right now. I wonder now. if he tweeted this before or after he drew another picture of Bart Simpson and talked about his uh, art expertise. <sighs> you heard about his dreams? Uh, we're not going to turn this into an old LeBron show. What's, what's next? <laughs> Come on. You got to bring up the dream tweet. You got to talk right. about him you potentially. Got you got it. Because, you know, his bladder choked. Right, let me just read the tweet. I'll Wait, what? What? I missed this one. You didn't hear about okay, it? Okay, listen. All right. Just All woke right. up from having a dream that MJ and I was shooting the <laughs> back and forth at the men's national championship game between <laughs> North Carolina and Duke. Great vibes and epic classic game. It was a tie game, 94-94. Five seconds left. NC with the ball. My ass would wake up to use the bathroom right before seeing the ending of the game. Face palm emoji. Happens all the time. Never get to the end. Oh, anyways, felt real as hell. Lol. Good morning, everyone. 
<laughs> Good rising, everyone. It's LeBron James. <laughs> so in LeBron's defense, I think everyone else interpreted shooting the <laughs> as him playing one on or playing against like he was on Duke and uh, MJ was on North Carolina. Like it sounds like they were just talking, like shooting the to me is like we just talking at the basketball yeah, they're game. Talking, yeah, like they're, they're watching the, the basketball game. Yeah. I think people try to make it out to like LeBron versus MJ, but that's not what it was. And obviously M- MJ would have lost because LeBron's better. Well, well, Shannon, Shannon, this is just proof that LeBron can't even close out a game in his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Skip. Appreciate it. Skip, skip. I can't. I don't have a Shannon. I was about to try one, but I don't have one. I also don't want to fight Skip because, I mean, Shannon, because he seemed like that's he a, wanted to fight a, the whole Grizzlies team. I, you know, I think it, I think it's it's for the best that LeBron James not had too many injuries in his career because this guy is clearly just bored out of his mind and things yeah. just fall off the rails when he's yeah. just, <laughs> just sitting around doing nothing. It's, yeah, he is bored. All right, what's last? Looks like Giannis, what we got on Yanni? Good clip here. Um, what are the chances Giannis did a good job of stat padding? Oh, yeah. This was going to get him a triple-double. He needed one more rebound. His bench was, was like, cheering him on, encouraging him to do this. He did it, gave him the triple-double, but then the MV, or the NBA came back in and was like, you know what? That's grimy. We're taking that stat back. No triple-double. So the chances are zero. He didn't do a good job. All he did was get all the ridicule for doing that and not get the stat. Yeah, zero, zero percent, zero percent. Just another proof that, you know, the only person who doesn't stat pad in the league is Jokic. Our, uh... <laughs> uh, the true alabaster king. Yes. Jokic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Jokic is, the, you know, he, he doesn't stat pad. And, you know, I believe. Did you? So now that we're done, uh, I we can do this now. So at the end of the show, so it'll make it easy for alabaster to cut it off should he need to. How were you made to feel by the first take beef? Uh, I guess it'll be yesterday morning when you guys are watching this between JJ Reddick and Kendrick Perkins. I don't know what it was. I don't totally know what happened. I don't know. Yeah, what, was, I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was uncomfortable and weird and like aggressive and like, oh, glad, glad they not. I said what I said. Yeah.